The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Here it is, folks. This is it. This is it. We're finally coming to that great day, the 20th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. You are in for a treat because guess who I have as a guest today? I have the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the honorable former congressman, Tony Quello, who is a champion for all of us with disabilities, with epilepsy, he is it. And here we are celebrating the act that he wrote. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. It's great to be with you today. Oh, Tony, it is such an honor to have you on the show. So tell me, what are you thinking about this 20th anniversary? Well, I just, you know, I can't believe it's been 20 years, to be honest with you, and and so much has happened. Um, you know, it's you know there are uh, young people today uh, that uh, don't even uh, remember that the ADA uh, was signed. That they uh, the curb cuts and a lot of things they think have always been there, um, and that's the way it should be, to be honest. Um, but you know, it's it's so exciting to see so many people with disabilities uh, involved and, and aggressively doing things. Uh, I am, as you are, in the nation's capital, uh, uh, participating in, in activities uh, surrounding the, uh, celebrating the 20th anniversary. And it is uh, exciting to, to be here uh, with uh, so many people and, what the government is doing, recognizing the, the anniversary, it, it's, um, it's, 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 it's great. It's just really great. And, and, you know, Tony, I actually today, doing this, it's so ironic, I am live from the Epilepsy Foundation in Washington, D.C. That's where I'm doing the show from. And, boy, for you and me, that really has a lot to do with all of this. But I did want to ask you, you know, we've tried to make – this month historic for all of our listeners about that day and how great it was. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what what do you most remember about that day? Well, uh, I remember when the day that it was signed in that here you had the President of the United States, uh, Papa Bush as I call him, um, but you had the President of the United States uh, with the uh, uh, I don't know, a thousand people, whatever it was, on the south lawn of the White House, um, and all was there, and was actually signing into law um, a bill that uh, gave us our 
basic civil rights for the first time in the history of our country. Um, it was a very emotional time for me because, as you pointed out earlier, um, I was the author of it. But to to have um, the most powerful man in the Western Hemisphere, uh, uh, person in the Western Hemisphere, to to sign something that gave us our basic rights um, uh, was uh, overwhelmingly powerful. Um, I had tears in my eyes. Um, it uh, just meant um, so much because uh, it it was um, uh, creating an opportunity for uh, so many people that they didn't have before. I, I knew then that it was going to take a while to to see the the real fruit of of the effort. Um, you know, uh, people of color got their rights in the uh, 60s, and women got their basic rights uh, out of them in the 70s. And, and I knew that this meant that it was going to take us several decades to, to get our basic rights. But in 20 years, we've made great progress uh, based on how long it has taken for other groups to get their basic rights. But I knew that day that we were on the path, and that's what counts, is that you are on the path that legally um, we had the rights that other Americans had. And today what's exciting is that uh, the ADA is the law of the land in over 52 different countries. Um, we export a lot of things as Americans. We export our culture, our music, um, a lot of uh, negative things too. But we have exported uh, the way... We treat uh, people with disabilities to 52 different nations now. Um, that is something that uh, we should be proud of as Americans and as people in our community, that uh, uh, people throughout the world are, are copying us in this. Um, so it, it was an exciting day for me, and uh, back then still exciting to me today, as you can tell. You know, I want to say that anytime I speak to high school students with disabilities, I tell them, in your life, something someday will happen to you, something bad. I mean, it happens to everyone. Everyone goes through a trauma of some type at some time in their life or some bigger than others. Uh, but when that does happen to you, you will have to make a decision how you will deal with that. And I must say that Tony Quello has to be that storybook example of someone that went through rejection because of his epilepsy that went through so much torment and look what he did the americans with disabilities act and and to me that is one one of the reasons and is one that i admire tony so much and tony you mentioned president bush uh as you refer to him as papa bush you know i don't think that was as easy as people may think. How unpopular was that for him to sign the ADA in 1990? Well, people in his administration were were fighting it. His chief of staff, John Sununu from New Hampshire, uh, was totally against it. People in the Justice Department uh, were against it. Um, the They thought it would uh, cost too much money, that the accommodations... Uh, would bankrupt businesses. Uh, 
uh, and so forth. And all the things that they predicted, of course, uh, run true. Um, but they are determined that that uh, he should uh, he should stop it. He should issue a veto message um, and so forth. And um, I basically um, uh, talked to John Sununu and and uh, tried to convince him that he was wrong. And he said, "Look at." I know what you're going to do. You're going to call the president and and tell him uh, our view, and he's going to end up telling me I've got to do it, but I'm going to make you call the president because that's how strongly I feel about it. Um, so sure enough, I called the president, and the president said, don't worry about it. I'll tell them that I support it, and I want them to move, move everything forward because I intend to sign it. And he did. He kept his word. Um, and I've talked to him several times since then. And I was in Houston uh, just uh, uh, about a year and a half ago and met with him in regards to the ADA Amendments Act. And he told me at the time, he said, Tony, um, I'm so happy that uh, you put in that bill and you kept after us. He said, you know, in all the years of my public service, now don't forget, here's a a man that served in the House. Uh, he was uh, chairman of the Republican Party. He uh, was ambassador to uh, the U.N. He was ambassador to China. He was head of the CIA, vice president of the United States, president of the United States. He said, of all the years of my public service, the most significant thing I did was to sign the ADA. I mean, that says something. And he and he meant it. He really meant it. Yeah. Um, and uh but he he did it out of conviction and um um and he overruled his his people because he felt strongly about it he had a daughter who died uh with a disability he understood it um and he was prepared to to uh, uh to do the right thing and i've always loved him for that Yes, and I will say that uh, Tony also introduced me to his daughter, Dora Cook, Dora Bush Cook, and she also is very dedicated to this. Uh, and she uh, wrote a book, My Father, My President. So if any of you are listening right now, if you get that book, My Father, My President, by Dora Bush Cook, you will read a chapter in there about the signing of the ADA, uh, and actually Tony is in that story. So that just you know, just to give credibility even more to how how much this meant to him and how much that ADA meant to him. As I said, it is it is a chapter in his book, My Father, My President, that his daughter wrote. Well, Tony, although I've told them a little bit, how about if you share again what made you do this? Well, what made you get involved in the disability community? Well, Joyce, um, it wasn't a voluntary action. It was, uh, as a 16-year-old, I had an automobile accident. A year later, I started having seizures uh, um, in the barn as I was milking cows, and and um, when I woke up, a doctor was sitting on me, and um, I asked what was going on, and they said they didn't know. However, the doctor had told my parents that I was, it was evident that I was having seizures, and uh, my family uh, always taught that if you had seizures, it meant that you were possessed by the devil, and they uh, didn't want me to to know that. And so um, I kept going to other doctors, and 
I guess they always said the same thing, and my parents wouldn't share that with me. Then I went to witch doctors, and um, they couldn't get rid of those evil spirits, I guess. Um, and uh, I finally refused to go to any more witch doctors, and, and I wasn't being treated for my seizures. Um, and uh, I then graduated from high school, went away to college, continued having seizures, um, not knowing what they were. Um, and then I decided to go into the priesthood, and I had uh, a um, uh, physical, and the doctor told me that, uh, basically said, you know, you had headaches and passing out spells, and I said yes. And he said, what did your doctor tell you were there? He said, they didn't know. He said, well, it's pretty obvious. Any test would say you have uh, epilepsy. And I'd never heard the word. And he said, um, in 1964, he said, you're fortunate, you're 4F, you don't have to go to Vietnam. The bad news is is that you can't be a Catholic priest because under canon law at the time, uh, uh, you couldn't become a Catholic priest if uh, you had epilepsy or you were possessed um, by the devil. And um, so I was kicked out of the seminary. Um and um, I, um, I, I didn't mind it at the time because I knew what my problem was, and I was student body president, outstanding senior, and good grades, and I thought, well, you know, I got the uh, world by the tail anyway. I'll just go and do something else. didn't realize that my world had changed. Um, I, my parents refused to accept my epilepsy, and we I had a... Uh, rocky relationship from that time forward, didn't talk for a number of years. Um, my doctor had reported report me into the DM Department of Motor Vehicles, and I lost my license and my insurance. And I went to try to get a job and couldn't get a job because the word of epilepsy was on every job application, and I couldn't get a job. Um, I then became suicidal, um, drank every day, uh, drunk by 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I finally just pulled myself out of uh, my depression and and um, um, ended up uh, living with uh, Bob Hope and his family. And he's the one who basically convinced me that my ministry that I thought I could only practice in a church was uh, something that could be practiced in a business or um, entertainment or in sports. But what I belonged, he said, was uh, in politics, not working for the government, but working in, uh, in a political situation with a member of Congress and so forth. And that's how I got started. I, I went to work for my congressman, who I didn't know, and I ended up, uh, he ended up being like my father. And, and when he retired after working for him for 13-plus years, um, I took his place uh, with his support and blessing. And uh, when I got elected to Congress, um, I decided that I wanted to take care of the needs of my constituency in Central California, but that I also wanted to play a role in doing something about disabilities, that what I went through, I didn't want to see other people go through. And so I started doing some amendments here and there on different bills, and I realized that the way to really do it was to go after our basic uh uh, civil rights, and that's when uh, the ADA came in being, so that you uh, didn't have 
uh, your disability on a job application. Uh, they, they can't ask that question. Um, people couldn't discriminate against you uh, after you have a job and so forth. Uh, but all the different things ADA is about are a lot of the things that I went through and discriminated against. And uh, and so uh, I put the bill in, uh, uh, got elected in 78, and uh, put the bill in in 86. And uh, and it got through in a record amount of time. It was signed into law in 1990, so only four years, a major civil rights bill. generally takes longer than that to uh, get, get adopted. But... Um, it was uh, sort of my ministry and my passion um, to get something done, and I did a lot of things when I was uh, in the Congress those years, but obviously, in my view, this was the most significant thing I did. Well, Tony, thank you. I don't know how many people thank you. I'm sure millions, but I want to thank you because I know the impact you've had on my life is enormous, let alone all these other people. And as a matter of fact, we do have a caller on the line right now. Jenny, are you on the line? I want to thank you both. Uh, both of you have been so instrumental in, in my life, uh, learning to be an advocate. Uh, Tony, uh, you met my son as an 11-year-old when he first came to Speak Up, Speak Out in 2002. He was on the cover of Epilepsy USA in uh, March and April 2002, and you met him again as a 15-year-old as we came back to speak up and speak out. And you shook his hand both time, and uh, you told us both, never be afraid to speak up about our epilepsy. And uh, I want to thank you again for telling us both that. And uh, we've never been afraid. Well, I've never been afraid and remember that. And uh, I want to thank you for that because that has uh, changed my outlook. And uh, I've told that to many people. And uh, my son's weathered a lot of difficult storms, including a a physician telling us that uh, it was my fault that my son suffered stigma for that we told people about our epilepsy. And uh, I wrote an article about that, and at the end of the article I said that Tony Coelho told us never to be afraid, and I believe that. Jenny, I love you uh, (laughs) for speaking up uh, on this show, because that's what it's all about. The only way we're going to be able to get rid of the stigma is if we speak up. Absolutely. uh, And uh, by your doing this, uh, it helps all of us, so... I love you for that, and I'm uh, happy that uh, both you and your son uh, are speaking up and speaking out because that's what's going to make a difference. Tony, let me tell you, Jenny is from Connecticut, and I I met her when I spoke up there in Connecticut, uh, and I met her son, Sam, who has been through so much torment uh, from other kids. And I can tell you that when I was at that national walk, and I turned around, Jenny, and saw Sam standing there. I'll never forget that. that I mean, honestly, that, that just overwhelmed me. Um, and Sam, wherever you are, I, th- I love Sam. Sam's going to help me with other kids. He is the best. I love him. And you too, Jenny. Thank you very much. 
Thank, Jenny, i got to tell you one last thing. You know that doll you made for me? Yes. Someone in my office had to use that with their little daughter, Ah. you know, to have an EEG. And when she went to the hospital, uh, Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh, they said, where the heck did you ever get these? We should get these. So, Jenny, I may be calling you about that. Oh, Joyce, you, you call me, you let me know that person's name, uh, the little girl's name, and I will make her one. All right, Jenny. Anyone that needs one, they get them free. And within a year, I will have a nonprofit so I can get grants. Uh, no one ever pays for those dolls. To date, I've made 240. I just made one for a little girl that uh, had her G-tube surgery two weeks ago. You're great. The G-tubes are my latest. You know great. what, Jenny? You are a blessing. You know that? Thank you. Hey, tell Sam I said hi and thank you for calling in. I will. Thank, thank you, you, Jenny. Say hello to Sam for me. I will. You, you know, you know what she did, Tony. She made this. She makes these dolls, and and like they have on their like they're having an EEG. They have them on their head, and it, they're the cutest dolls. And she makes these for people when they're going into the hospital to sort of get them over what this is going to be when they do That's this. Great. Um, and you know, such such a such an unbelievable person, and what a great story. Um, and I, when I met them, Tony, I never knew that you were on the cover of uh, the magazine with her son. Yeah. Uh, I just found that out. Yep. So another great story. But, Tony, going back to the uh, ADA, I wanted to ask you, what, what do you remember the most about the testimonies you were involved with? I remember the, the first time I testified uh, on the Senate side, um, and I told them about the uh, bill that I had put in and um, what it uh, meant uh, to me and why it was so important um, to uh, get the bill adopted. And it was uh, the Health Committee, Senator Kennedy was the chair, um, the uh, vice chair, the Republican, ranking Republican member was Senator Hatch of Utah. And uh, when I finished um, my testimony, Senator Kennedy made some very nice uh, remarks, which I appreciated very much. Um, Senator Hatch um, uh, had tears in his eyes, and he said, um, Tony, uh, I want you to know that in my church, the Mormon church, um, you are an angel of God. And um, I will do anything and everything to help you get this bill adopted. And he did. He was uh, one of the uh, main people on the Senate side um, uh, who helped in making sure that this never became a partisan bill that stayed bipartisan. He uh, spoke. Uh, uh, in committee, but he also spoke on the Senate floor, uh, was very emotional in his support of the bill and why it was critical that that it uh, be bipartisan and so forth. And that had uh, a tremendous impact on me. And when we did the ADA amendments, he was there again. And um, he just uh, uh, really uh, had an impact on me. So many Others uh, were extremely supportive and 
uh, so many individuals that were impacted uh, were appreciative and so forth, but um, Senator Hatch uh, uh, could have been, uh, he's a conservative senator from Utah, he could have uh, been aggressively no. Uh, uh, we had strong opposition at the time from people in the business community. He could have uh, uh, jumped in bed with them if he wanted to. Um, but he stood up, and at that very meeting, just before they, they actually started riot, uh, um, amending the bill and working on the bill, this was an initial hearing, he just stood up and said, uh, I'm with you. And I'll be with you all the way. And he was. Wow. Isn't that awesome? It was. That is so awesome. And by the way, I want to mention that tomorrow, tomorrow is the Tony Quello Award Breakfast, which is an award we give out in Tony's name. And I'm very proud to tell you that the winner this year, and this is for a company or an executive or political leader who has hired people with disabilities or influenced others to do the same, the winner this year is the National Security Agency. And that is going to be so exciting uh, to to be there with Tony and to see them receive this award a long way from 20 years ago. That That's for sure when you think about that. Well, what's exciting Well, Tony, that, one Joyce. person I always say hello to on the show that listens to every show is Yoshiko Dart. She is just such a wonderful person. And Yoshiko, we're always remembering Justin. Uh, and Tony, I know that Justin often talked about working together the way you do. And I wonder, Tony, what lessons could be learned by the disability community about working together? Well, I think that uh, I just spoke at a group at lunch today, and I said that uh, the disability community, uh, we're such a large group, and if we strategically work together uh, across disability as opposed to different silos, epilepsy and diabetes and uh, cerebral palsy and, and whatever, um, but if we work together um, uh, and strategically decided what was important, all worked together, as we did with ADA. But if we did it on other things, we could be extremely powerful uh, politically as a group. And uh, that is what it is, uh, working together. Um, we did it on ADA. We did it on the ADA Amendments Act. Uh, but uh, we could be a very influential group uh, just simply by coming together, working together, uh, Democrats, Republicans, uh, liberals, conservatives, recognizing the needs of our community and then going out and getting it done. Um, that's what uh, Justin Dart and I both preached uh, on the ADA. It worked then. It still will work on anything else. Yeah, and why do you think that doesn't happen, Tony? Well, I think to some extent uh, over the years, uh, uh, the community was divided. If if you were uh, blind, you only dealt with uh, uh, sight-impaired issues. If you were deaf, you only de- dealt with those issues dealing for the deaf community, and, and the same thing with all the other issues. Instead of uh, if it's a issue that is really important 
to the sight-impaired community, we all should join on and, and make sure that that issue is taken care of. But the sight-impaired community should join on uh, epilepsy issues and making sure that those issues are taken care of as well. Uh, because to a great extent, we aren't silos. Um, uh, we're all in this together, and we're, we're one big family, um, different units in a family, but we're one big family, and we need to look out for each other uh, in this family. And, um, and we're doing much better now uh, than we've done in the past, uh, and that's what counts. If, if we are willing to do that, we can be very effective. I've often used the example that uh, presidential campaigns and a lot of other campaigns, for Senate and governors and House races and some you know, local state races, they don't really consider the disability community a political force. Uh, because the perception is we don't work together. And uh, if we work together as a unit, uh, if we got involved politically, uh, we would be a dynamite uh, community, uh, politically strong. We would be able to solve a lot of our our problems. Um, you know, I think people uh, who are running for office this time who are opposed to the ADA uh, should be opposed by our community. Um, I don't have any qualms saying that. Um, the ADA is our basic civil rights. If somebody was opposed to uh, uh, civil rights for people of color, uh, people would oppose uh, that individual. Or if they were opposed to, to uh, Social Security, the elderly oppose it and other people would oppose that individual. And so um, I think that, you know, we in the disability community need to insist upon the same thing in regards to ADA. Um, so it's we need to become politically, politically sophisticated so we can get the political support um, that comes with that political sophistication. And when that comes, then you become uh, politically viable and you can get things done for your community. Yeah, and Tony, what can we do to help you there? You know, I, I want to make sure you all understand what he said, that there are people running for office that oppose the Americans with Disabilities Act. Hey, that's your freedom. That's why you have curb cuts. That's why you don't have to fill out an application stating as I would have to that I take Dilantin. That's why that there is closed captioning yeah. People that oppose that, that's unbelievable. What can we do to help you there, Tony? Well, we My have list. set up now what they do? a Disability Power and Pride Committee. We set that up. That's a political committee that gets involved in, in issues politically and, and so forth. We've never had that before. Uh, most of our organizations, uh, the Epilepsy Foundation, can't get involved in politics, can't be advocating as such. Disability Power and Pride, cross, a cross-disability group, um, which I'm chairman of, we basically now can get involved in in advocating for any or against individual and so on. We've now also set up a PAC that can uh, 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 write checks, uh, bundle checks, uh, uh, raise money in the PAC uh, for uh, people. And what we do is we're going to support, we just set it up, 
we can support candidates that have disabilities um, and uh, running for federal, state, local offices. Um, but then we also uh, uh, decided that if somebody is opposed to the ADA, uh, that we can also get involved in that uh, race in opposition to that individual. And so uh, that's what we're about. And, uh, you know, we're just starting. Uh, so people who uh, want to be involved in our efforts, uh, uh through Joyce, you can get my email address, and I'll be glad to refer you refer that. I don't know that we can um, give all the specifics here on your radio station, Joyce. I don't know if that's proper. Okay, but my email is BenderConsult.com, jbender at BenderConsult.com. So if you want to reach Tony, all you have to do is get in touch with me. And then, and I think that that's when our community uh, matures, and we can. Uh, uh, become a, a real political force. So that's what we're trying to do, and that's, uh, that's exciting. You know, Tony, I know, I know one thing that you are also passionate about um, is young people, young right. people living with disabilities right. or epilepsy, young people, period, for that matter. Um, but I'm wondering, I have a large group of young people that listen to this show across the country, uh, what advice do you have for them if they are facing tremendous obstacles in their life right now, whether that be bullying or employment or the way people treat them? What, what advice do you have? Well, first off, I would say that the most important thing is uh, believe in yourself. I mean, uh, that's a cliche, but it's really, really, really important. Uh, don't let people beat you down. Um, look at uh, over the years, I've had people say everything uh, negative that they can say about an individual. I just don't let that uh, impact me. I, I believe in myself, and and you've got to. Your disability makes you stronger, uh, not weaker, um, and uh, you've got to believe in yourself. And uh, if you believe in yourself, you can get a lot of things done. Um, so it's really, really important uh, that that you do that. Um, and secondly, is to be involved, uh, speak up. Uh, uh, don't be afraid to speak up and to to speak out. Um, uh, that I think is is as important uh, uh, as well. But first, you've got to believe in who you are uh, and. And uh, and don't let bullies destroy who you are. Don't let bullies uh, destroy your your very being. Um, and that's all they're trying to do. They're trying to destroy your very being. That's that's the thing you can't let happen. And there's so many positive things going on. Uh, if you have a disability, there's so many things that are taking place today in technology and. And an ability to communicate and, and making all these things accessible um, so that you as a young person can communicate with uh, uh, other people, uh, including uh, uh, people, uh, others in the disability community, uh, that you can communicate regularly with them as well. Find out people who have 
uh, the same disability as you or who have another disability who can share with you some of the the hurts or some of the problems that you face and and you share it and and so on realize that you're not alone realize that um, that uh, people bully uh, people uh, uh, and that you can share that with somebody else if you reach out and uh, so again is uh, take advantage of opportunities that are there but don't let people destroy your core. Just don't let that happen. Uh, look, at as I said earlier in this show, um, I let that happen to me. Um, uh, I became suicidal. Um, and uh, when I got to the point that I wanted to commit suicide, I, I had to reach in and pull myself out, and I did. Um, but that's a very, very, very lonely time. And I know what it's like. Don't go there. If you if you can help it, get help if you do go there. Yeah, just think. Look what we would have lost. Did you ever think about that? Thank goodness he didn't go there. Hey, we have another caller on the line. Judy, are you on the line? I am on the line, Joyce. How hey, are you? Hey, Judy, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I am just fine. You're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'm in Washington, D.C., and no matter where you are, I know you've got that passion going to help people with epilepsy. Yes. As a matter of fact, I was just interviewing someone, and they asked me why I why I stayed at this job so long, and I said, from answering the telephone and listening to people talk about what was going on in their life because of epilepsy, that I developed this huge passion. Mm-hmm. But yes. I have to say to you, Tony, I'm calling to congratulate you on you know, July 26th. It'll be 20 years anniversary for the Americans with Disabilities Act, and uh, you were the author of that. And on behalf of all people with disabilities, we're also very grateful to you. Thank you. But my personal experience with you, from the moment I heard you speak for the first time, which was many, many years ago, too many for me to want to talk about, uh, you've always been you know, such a a motivated person and so motivational and motivated so many people with epilepsy, not only epilepsy but other disabilities, and and inspiration. I, you know, I just can't say enough how, how you know, uh, you've inspired so many people. And you've been, it, it just comes naturally to you. Thank you, Judy. I love you. Appreciate it very much. You've done such a great job for the disability community, but specifically people with epilepsy and I remember that day so well. It was 20 years ago, and we were all a lot younger. And I was actually in Maryland, and uh, the National Epilepsy Foundation was having their first executive director's training uh, at something called the Aspen Institute. And all of a sudden, people were you know, screaming and yelling. They were all excited. They were you know, throwing on clothes that they didn't you know. They were from California, and they were running over to Washington, D.C. just to watch that. Now, it was such a big day in our lives. It was, yeah. It was a great day. <laughs> it was, and and I hope no one takes that for granted today. You know, so 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 often, you know, when when things go by twenty years, you know, like they take for granted, uh, you know, that at one time, you know, like we didn't have curb cuts and we didn't have lifts for buses and we didn't, you know, we didn't have visionaries that saw people with disabilities being able to go to the workplace every day. You know, they were warehouses so often. Yeah. No, that's right. And I think that um, some 
of our young people do take for granted uh, what we've got, and that's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I and I like that. I mean, I like the fact that that take uh, for granted. Uh, that they assume that that should be there. And you know what? Um, that's the reason I uh, put in the bill is because those things should be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would hope that we always recognize that uh, those things are there because a lot of people uh, uh, spend a lot of effort and time to to make those things happen, and and that uh, we we always appreciate that there there are thousands and thousands of people um, who worked hard to to uh, get this bill uh, become law and stay the law of the land that people can't repeal it. So, Well, Judy, I just want to say also thank you for the great job you're doing. Your leadership in the epilepsy nationally is phenomenal, and I am just very proud to be associated with you. As is both of yours, and I'm proud to be associated with both of you, and I think think it's wonderful uh, that a person with epilepsy authored this bill, and I think that everybody in the world should know that. And uh, you know that our that our cause is a great cause. Thank you, Judy. And Appreciate many people should be behind it. And so, thank you so much, Tony. And I know there are probably a lot more people that need to talk to you. So I'm going to let you go and just listen on the radio. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. you thank care. you so much. Thank you, Judy. All right. Bye bye. Um, you know, Judy, when she was talking about Tony, when she was talking about how you have influenced so many people, which you have, including me. Um, how about you? Who would you say influenced your life the most? Well, I have to say uh, one person who directed me towards politics was, of course, uh, Bob Hope, uh, the comedian. Because um, when I lived with he and his family for that year, um, he he not only said um, politics is where I belong, that it was a great ministry and could be used right, but he said something to me one day. He said, you know, Tony, you think can only be practiced uh, in a church. And look at, uh, think how many people you would impact if you were in a church. I can see that you would impact a lot of people in, in a church. And you would probably move up in, in, the, in the hierarchy of a church and so forth. You, you would impact uh, uh, some thousands of people and so forth and so on. But in politics, you know, you could uh, pass legislation that would, you know, potentially in, impact millions. Uh, the influence is totally different, and you could do that. And I think back on that, and I think, boy, Mr. Hope, you were so right. Um, you you uh, just didn't know and appreciate uh, how right you were and. Uh, he was so proud of the fact that I um, took his advice, and I, and he was proud of my career and and so forth. But um, he he had a huge impact. Now there were many people that guided me in my career. That that uh, the congressman that I went to work for became like my father, and and he was so. Um, you know, my seizures didn't bother him. He said, "Look, I'm more interested in uh, your your ability to work and what you do when you work. I, I, you know, seizures uh, are not really important to me." Um, and so he 
he never made it into a big issue, and so consequently I was able to concentrate on what I could do as opposed to constantly worrying about when I was going to have a seizure. I'd have I'd have a seizure in the middle of, I remember one time uh, we were in, a, in the middle of a, in, on a private plane going to a critical meeting on an issue that he was working on, and I had a seizure, and there were 14 people in the plane, and I had a seizure, and and uh, he just people just spread out, let me uh, lay down, have my seizure, and and when I woke up, uh, we got to the other end of the flight, and I went about doing what I had to do on the other end, and he didn't coddle me, he didn't uh, uh, handicap me, he just you know I do what I had to do. I mean, he was. He was so good to me and the way he treated me and respected me and so on. Um, so there have been people in my life that um, uh, helped me be the person I am today um, just by the way they they encouraged me and the way they respected me as a person and encouraged me as a person, um, which is, um, you know, something you... you um, uh, can't ask for that that happens and you thank god for it yeah you know tony was and has been involved and still is involved with the national epilepsy foundation but i also want to mention he is also the chair of the board of the american association of people with disabilities um and so if you're also wanting to read more about tony or if he's speaking someplace aapd.com that's aapd.com and you can even read more about the events um, as Tony is leading this organization, uh, which is a cross-disability organization in the United States, because just as Tony said, we all have to work together. Well, Tony, you and I have many things in common. One is epilepsy, and the other is employment, this crusade for employment. I wanted to ask you, what is your opinion? What, here we are. You know, what, what do you think has to happen to see those barriers fall? Well, I think one of the things that we're working on right now is uh, we're trying to get the uh, federal government to enforce the Federal Contractors Act. And you had Pat Chu on your show just recently, and she is the key to that. The law of the land is that all federal contractors, that means that the people who buy paper for the government and pencils for the government, and people who build airplanes for the government and, and tankers for uh, the military and uh, supply water and, and uh, food and so forth. So all federal contractors, uh, that they are supposed to be hiring people with disabilities. But the law has never been enforced. And so... Um, uh, uh, the administration uh, promised me that they would enforce that law. Um, and I've talked to Pat Chu, and, and she on your show promised that they would do it, and they're supposed to uh, be doing something for Employment Month in October uh, to Disability Employment Month in October to, uh, to accomplish that. So if we could get that done, it would be like uh, what has happened in the past uh, when the government decides to enforce that. Uh, it's what they did with people of color, what they did with uh, women and so forth. When the government decides to do that and make all employers comply with that law, it changes um, 
uh, uh, how the those businesses then deal uh, with uh, everything they do, and and so if you could get uh, uh, that to occur, it would change the employment of people with disabilities uh, all over the country. Um, so that is critical to do, and and hopefully that would happen. Uh, the problem we have, as you know, Joyce, you deal with it every day. Um, it's it's really an attitudinal problem. Uh, the law is there, uh, and what people basically say is that, oh, I'm not sure that they could do the work. Um, and what happens if I hire them and then I won't be able to fire them? Um, and you know our attitude about that, yours and mine. Um, if uh, you they can't do the work, then you fire them. Um, um, I, my problem is, as I always say all the time, um, uh, give me the uh, right to fail. If you don't give me the right to fail, I can never succeed. Um, and that's what we need. It's an attitudinal problem that exists today, and and we need to get over that. And if the federal government would insist that the law be, uh, which is the law of the land, um, if if the law be enforced, and I'm really um, excited about what the Justice Department do, is doing enforcing the ADA, but if we could get the Federal Contractors Act to, to be enforced on employment, um, uh, we can make a huge difference there. Yes, and I really I agree with you. I think that one thing is going to be the is just going to be such an enormous impact and. And Pat, we're behind you, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. So, Tony, what would you say, I guess I'm going to know the answer to this possibly, but what would you say is your greatest accomplishment in your entire life? Well, um, the greatest thing, obviously, in my view, is um, uh, getting, introducing the ADA and Mm -hmm. uh, getting it uh, passed. Um, and to a great extent to expand on that is just my involvement um, with disability issues, uh, uh, ADA being part of it. But um, that's been the greatest satisfaction I had. A quick story, Um, uh, uh, I was in Disney World just not too long ago, and there was a... A man in a wheelchair and his about a, I would say about a 12-year-old son, looked like, was uh, walking beside him. And he was, uh, the father was getting ready to to go up a ramp and the the young boy said, Dad, are you sure that uh, that ramp uh, uh, can handle you or something to that effect? And the father said rather quickly, Yes, um, the ADA, ADA requires that. So, <laughs> you know, I felt like going up to him and hugging him. And, uh, and uh, you know, it just it, it made me feel so good that here was a man in a wheelchair. Um, he could participate in whatever he was going to do with his son because there was a ramp there, and he was saying it had to be done right uh, because the ADA required it, um, and I had something to do with that. Um, I just, 
I, I just, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. I just felt wonderful that I played a role in that father and son to be able to do what they were doing that day. Um, and there's so many other examples like that where people are able to do things today that they couldn't do before. Oh, I mean, I, I can see how that would be overwhelming to you because it's 20 years later and look what has happened. Yeah. I mean, I, as I said, I know we have a long way to go in some areas, but on the other hand, look how much we have accomplished. Look how much we have accomplished. And, and that really is um, uh, you, you know, a testimony to you and all the work that you and everyone did. But, um, I w- you know, I have said this before and I'll say it again. You know, if it weren't for Tony, I know I wouldn't be the person I am today. And uh, I just love you, Tony. I think you're fantastic. Uh, but I'm also grateful for everything that you have done for so many people. And, you know, I know Tony, and I just want to tell you, he lives it all the time. It's not like he just calls in on these radio shows. That's the only time he talks about it. He lives it all the time. So, Tony, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, uh, the message would be basically to what you just said, is to um, not just uh, periodically um, believe and, and, um, and do the right thing in regards to uh, people with disabilities, but to uh, believe and, and live it all the time, that uh, um, there are you know, people with disabilities around you and the family and your friends and your extended community uh, all the time. And there are ways to uh, reach out in, in not a patronizing way, but just in, in, uh, in, a, in a regular, normal way of, uh, of helping and being engaged and in, in making sure that they can participate uh, in society just like uh, everybody else. Um, that's what life should be like. Um, and uh, and uh, so many people yet can't do that. And so whenever you see an opportunity to, uh, to do that, uh, you should. Um, I think that you'll feel good about it, um, but I also think the one up above will remember that. That is for sure. Hey, you know, we end every show with a quote by famous civil rights leader, and of course you know it has to be Tony Quello who says, when you get a chance to take the podium, speak up. And Tony knows I've listened to him. You have. Tony, thank you very much for being with us. And and Tony, have a great celebration this week. Okay. And listen to all of you. Remember, this is it. Follow everything that's going on. This is our week. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.